Hello and welcome to Starts and Grafts. I'm Conor Gafog and each week I'm joined by an emerging artist to discuss the highs and lows of forging a creative career amidst a global pandemic. This week I'm joined by Ahmed Hamad, an actor who after graduating just less than two years ago has gone on to perform in some of the biggest shows including Joseph, Rent and The Boy in the Dress. Many months ago, a very good friend of mine told me that I had to get Ahmed on the podcast. So here we are, and I cannot wait to get started. Ahmed, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Connor. <laughs> it's not a problem. Where are you recording from today? Um, from the flat I'm in, um, South East London. Yeah, just in my little room. <laughs> Is that where you've been spending lockdown? It is, Yeah. I moved in actually um, August 2019 and then subsequently moved out because of uh, shows and stuff. And then, yeah, I've, I've actually properly lived in it during lockdown, which has been which has been fun. How's it been treating you, especially these past kind of three months? Yeah, I mean, these three months, last three months have been the hardest for sure. Um, the tier four thing here and my housemate who actually owns the flat went back to his parents, which isn't too far away. Um, and I couldn't get back home home to the West Midlands. So yeah, I was by myself actually from before Christmas until like last week and he's made it back. So yeah, these last months have been whew, <laughs> difficult. Did you have a solo Christmas? How was that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just, it was as you do. My friends dropped off some presents and it was just, it was really lovely. My family don't like properly like traditionally celebrate Christmas, so it wasn't too bad, but it was, yeah, it's that time of year, isn't it, when everyone's together and sure. it's funny because the tree is actually stored at my housemate's parents' house, so uh, <laughs> that didn't go down until last week. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some sort of rule that once it's kind of been up past like a certain point in January, you have to keep it up yeah. until, until the spring yeah. anyway. Might as well just keep it up till December. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to what I was saying earlier um, in the introduction, we have a really good mutual friend, Ben, yeah. who I've known since I was ridiculously young. And I think you lived with him. I did, yeah. When you were training. Yeah, yeah. We went to drama school together, yeah. <laughs> so back in October, me and Ben, when we could go to the pub, we sat in the Duke of Sussex in Chiswick. Do you know it? Yes, yeah, yeah. We, we were sat in there and I kind of said, Ben, mate, I am so bored. I need something. I've got this idea that's going to keep me going throughout lockdown. And I'm going to do a podcast with people kind of at the early stage of their careers and the first thing he said literally the first response he had was like Ahmed you need to interview <laughs> oh, Ahmed so I mean no pressure there <laughs> but I think one of the reasons that he said that was because you've had a really interesting kind of 12 months in your career haven't you you've graduated and I think that's the best place to start you graduated in 2019 I think yeah that was it yeah so um graduated in September 2019 uh, that was the actual ceremony, but technically in May time. And yeah, I, I was so, so fortunate to leave school like a week early and, and start in Joseph at the Palladium. Yeah, that was that was awesome. So you got your first professional role in Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamco yeah. at the London Palladium alongside Sheridan Smith, I think even Jason Donovan. Yeah. Doesn't really get much bigger than that, does it? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was surreal. As a starting point, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was really interesting, actually, because... I'm I'm not really a dancer at all. Of the three disciplines, it's not my strongest. And the role I went into was swing. So I cover 
the male ensemble if they are ill or if they go on for a lead. So it was a lot of dancing and a lot of memorizing all that stuff. So it wasn't wasn't what I thought I'd be doing. And then to then do that in a massive show with this amazing cast, it was yeah, it was it was really, really awesome. Was it a show that you knew particularly well, like most of us seem to do from our childhoods? Actually no. Like people are always talking about it and they know all the songs. I actually when the audition came through, I borrowed the DVD um with Donny Osmond and yeah. a friend to watch because I was like, I know like obviously I know of this story, but I yeah, I didn't actually know it very well at all. So I was probably the first person that did not really know the show at all that auditioned for it. <laughs> It's kind of carnage, really. It's very chaotic, I think. I don't know what your production was like. I didn't get to see it. But mm. what was it like going from someone that actually left drama school a little bit early, a week or so early, you know, fresh out of that environment, straight into this huge London Palladium production? What was that like as an experience? It was. It was overwhelming. But then also, I was obviously being the swing um, during rehearsals. The swings would be sat at the sides, making notes, watching and stuff. So I think... It was nice to be on the outside and to to get that transition of learning everything and, and being around these people, seeing how they work and stuff. It was really cool being on the outside to actually get that outside eye because four other people from my year were also in that show. So it was nice to have people I knew, but then I was like watching them learn as well. So it was, yeah, it was um, being a swing on that show on my first job was the perfect kind of concoction of being welcomed into the industry, but also learning from an outside viewpoint. And did you get plenty of opportunity to go on stage and kind of make that debut performance as such? So we, we opened on the 26th of June. Press night was the 11th of July, where like everyone from Artside came to watch because they all got tickets. Right, okay. And I didn't actually go on until I think it was the 2nd of August. Yeah, yeah. So I was sat there like, oh, it, it, am I going to go on? Have I just absolutely <laughs> stolen this? <laughs> like I was like, oh, this is really, mm. it was interesting. And Matt, who's actually my housemate, the other male swing, had been on quite a few times it just so happened that the ones that he covered first were the ones that went off and then when I did go on it was someone had a shoulder injury and they were off for like 10 days so it was from then on it was really uh, I was on for quite a lot and my best mate from home actually had a ticket for my first show without knowing it was my first show which was really special and then my parents came to watch the next show as well which was really nice that must have been amazing well an amazing coincidence that he got to get down for it can you recall getting that phone call to say that you've been cast in the show yeah um yeah my agent called me I was actually in the corridors at Art said like we just finished a day and she was like oh got some got some nice news for you and I just and I I didn't really because it was the end of the year we were auditioning for quite a few things I didn't really clock that it would be that and yeah I was just I was dumbfounded I was like wow this is yeah <laughs> it was nuts and then everyone was at um the tabard like the pub down the road and yeah, 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 and my tabard. mate James <laughs> yeah and my mate James got it as well and we like we were both kind of over the moon and told our friends and stuff yeah that was a special day it must have been a really special transition to be kind of going into it with people that you'd spent three years or whatever amount of time training with and then you're getting your kind of big break at the same time that must have been so special yeah for sure especially Jack who who played Joseph like that is he he was amazing and that was just such a like a springboard for him as well. I actually got to watch him. I came to watch um, Newsies. Oh, yeah. Said, um, and he was just... Oh, it was so good. He was phenomenal in that. Yeah. I not really had much first-hand experience of how, you know, people at drama school and the productions that they put on while they were there. And for me, that was just absolutely mind-blowing to be able to watch that. But I was also sat on the on the very front row 
and I just had kind of like bobby pins flying at me throughout the whole production while people were dancing. <laughs> <laughs> <That's brilliant. laughs> it was, it was not. So I was kind of like dodging them out of the way. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, that was such a good production. After that, you were then cast in. The Boy in the Dress, I think, at the Royal Shakespeare Company. Yeah. And that's a musical adaptation of the David Williams children book, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. The book he wrote, which was then also made into like a TV thing. But yeah, it was him and then music written by Robbie Williams and Guy Chambers, which is, yeah, cool. <laughs> so that must have been a very... Well, was it a different process to Joseph? Because this is a new musical, wasn't it? It was the very first production of it, I think. Yes, yeah. Yeah, very, very different. Um... What was really nice about it is I always say like you arrived at the first day and there was this massive group of people and this show wasn't a pre-existing thing. So it was just there was like a buzz around the room where you kind of knew that this was going to be something special. Um, And obviously the last musical the RSC produced was uh, like on a massive scale was Matilda, which is just obviously huge. So it was that was really exciting. But it was just such a creative process, like everything was dictated by us. So um, they'd say, oh, like see what you feel like you're as the students maybe like try something over there and like we were like oh maybe like these lads have football cards then we ended up getting these match attacks and it was just like little things like that um that were just built around and that choreography like they might say like oh can someone suggest this for me and then someone would give an offer and it was just such a creative process which is what I love about um new writing it's just you get to put your stamp on it (laughs) it sounds extremely collaborative yeah for sure so how long did that run for and was I'm right in thinking that was at Stratford upon Avon. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that was in um, Stratford upon Avon. Yeah, so that was from it ran from November the eighth till March the eighth, so 2019 to 2020. Okay, so at what point did you finish Joseph then? Like, what break did you have? Um, I didn't actually. <laughs> um, so Joseph, um, Joseph was a 12 week run, and we finished on the 9th of September, and we started rehearsals for Boy in the Dress on the 2nd of September. So there was one week where I was rehearsing in Clapham and then going to the Palladium, which was which was a bit crazy. <laughs> wow. So that must have been a really positive but intense period. Yeah. Would you say it was a learning curve in many ways? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that was a week that I was on as well. So I wasn't just um wasn't just chilling in the dressing room. because <laughs> um, mm. it was it was trying to retain notes and stuff we were getting every night from Joseph, but then also having to arrive the next day at ten AM and retaining the new stuff we'd learnt. Um what was nice as well is that David Williams actually came to see Joseph in that week because he's friends with Sheridan Smith. So then when I saw him at rehearsals the next day, he was like, oh, I saw the show. So that was that was a nice little nice little link. What do you think then, you know, this is the first time that you're doing these long, really long runs and then going straight into another show. What key things did you learn, do you feel, throughout that process? Um, I'm actually really enjoying that kind of run because so obviously so far because of nothing's open at the moment but I've got lots of friends who have done like year-long contracts in like massive shows like Les Mis or Hamilton and stuff or whatever but doing Joseph which was 12 weeks and then The Boy in the Dress which was what five six months it's actually quite nice that especially this early on in my career that I'm kind of like getting those credits and building up the CV and not spending a lot of time in one show if that makes sense mm-hmm. obviously I'd love to do that in the future for the longer shows and that's really great for kind of financial security and stuff like that mm. but I've learned that I guess the more people you work with in shorter contracts the more people you meet and and it's yeah building up that CV and that reputation I guess which is which is kind of what I want to do as a as a graduate. Have you learned much about yourself and kind of your body because stamina must be a huge aspect of doing you know eight shows a week or whatever it is that you're you're doing as a performer. Yeah 
yeah, for sure. Um, particularly in Stay Awake Jake, which I'll talk about later. That was one of the one of the lockdown projects I did. But um, mm. yeah, like I figured out personally that my kind of like singing and vocal health is really linked to my body. So I always have to get like my body warm before I sing, or else it just feels like really like. I don't know, like my muscles are all tight and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I learned like even for like auditions, like I'd have to do go for a jog in the morning or like go to the gym to get that kind of blood pumping and then warm up my voice. So that taught me a lot, especially for Joseph, that I did need to get that going. And and because there were auditioning auditions happening throughout that run, um, I'd be able to go to the theatre in the morning and kind of like warm up there and then go straight to the audition. So yeah, it was, um, I got myself in a bit of a routine of like my audition routine, which is nice. So how did it feel then you've had this really, you know, positive experience of coming out of drama school and getting jobs? How did it feel when we went into lockdown and performance spaces were closed without an end date in sight? Really, really difficult. Um, It was horrible. I, like many other people, theatre is like food. Like (laughs) the amount of shows I see and friends I see in shows and just art in general, like it just isn't, it isn't. It isn't good. And then there's loads of talk about like, is um is performing viable and all that stuff. And you see posts like you're watching Netflix, you're you're consuming all this stuff that's like artists and, and yeah, yeah. but then when people look at it maybe in a level of theatre, they're like, Oh, that's not viable. Yeah, it's difficult. Also difficult in the sense that the boy in the dress was supposed to be transferring to the Savoy in London as well okay so we all got that news like a few days before we shut and we were like all so excited about it and then soon found out that that wasn't going to happen and and yeah and a few other things that were supposed to happen in March and yeah just it's difficult because you kind of plan financially but also like just in general for jobs and because they weren't happening it just yeah completely blindsides you because you you don't think that theatres are going to be shut for a year (laughs) did you stay in London the first time around then or did you go back home yeah I've been I've stayed here the whole time um so I was meant to be doing a a show at Regent's Park and we did like a, a week of like puppetry rehearsals and then everything shut then so I had to be in London for a bit and then it was just unsafe to travel and by then kind of the view of corona in the UK had changed and it was all locked down and stuff so yeah. I think it's a really difficult one as well because people have obviously commitments to contracts for flats and things like that and I know I know as actors you've always kind of got so many different things going on in case you're touring and all that kind of aspect so some people it kind of left them really in the lurch because they didn't have anything lined up in terms of you know housing long term or it meant that some people were committed to a property but didn't necessarily have the income coming in to yeah. to stay with it which I suppose that applies to to quite a few different industries as well probably I think I'm I'm really fortunate that my housemate Matthew Matthew Rowland his name is who who owns the flat like he was so good to me he did like a reduced rent over lockdown kind of like when they did their mortgage break he yeah he's really help me out I wouldn't be able to get out of this if it wasn't for him so how have you managed to keep up the physical side of it while you weren't performing you know on stage because I'm guessing you've had to maintain some sort of vocal routine maybe even a physical routine you know what what were you doing back then um like lockdown one I started doing what everyone else did and just started jogging which is just yeah. so out of the blue for me like I don't I don't jog <laughs> are you on Strava now oh uh, yeah literally is that the little the orange one which the tracks everything one, yeah. oh mate <laughs> and I look back and I'm like oh yeah that'll do like that's enough. I've done the same route again today as I have done for the last four months honestly literally. mine's just like a circle of Battersea Park every week <laughs> but go on sorry uh, no no um but yeah, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, lockdown one, like I wasn't, I wasn't really 
physically doing a lot and it was just it was that place of mentally and physically just not in a great place so it was only really until towards the end of the year um lockdown two lockdown three that I got back into it and that little period when gyms could reopen as well Mm. there's a gym literally just down the road and I used to always skip at the gym as well for some cardio so I literally went on Amazon got a skipping rope and that's a lot of my routine now which is good because that's it doesn't feel like I'm doing a lot but it actually does a lot which is good (laughs) did you ever consider that there would still be performance opportunities you know alongside the pandemic and the different weird formats that they could present themselves in yeah I mean at the start I didn't I thought if we see any theatre it will just be filmed from before the before lockdown like no one's gonna actually try and put on productions in in lockdown and then yeah this this thing came up called stay awake jake um which was this it started off obviously not as theatre. It was just um, the audition from my agent was that it. Uh, sorry, the audition brief was that it would just be a new musical album recorded in your room or something. They can't offer you like any money at the moment, but in the future it might do a concert. Blah blah blah. So I was like, yeah, why not? Um, so that was really the extent that I thought theatre would be, mm. and I can talk about that a little bit later. But that obviously snowballed into this um, production. No, let's let's go into let's go into that now. I think yeah, yeah, because okay. it's really weird, I suppose the precursor of an album is quite an old it was very popular in musical theatre way back wasn't it in the 70s and 80s with a lot of the kind of Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff so that opportunity presented itself to you tell us a little bit about the content of the piece and and what it was really so yeah I sent through some audition tapes and and heard back from agent and and she said yeah I'm going to put you in contact with the with the writer it's just going to be you two on zoom but that's about it um, and it's called Stay Awake Jake, um, and it's a one-man show based, um, not based, sorry. Uh, it's a one-man show about a guy called Jake driving through the night to try and save his relationship. So, yeah, throughout it, you find out about uh, memories, about what he did, why he's making this journey, the future, and, like, what he wants to happen. It's just, yeah, it's really a story about a guy kind of taking responsibility for his actions and stuff. So it's, it's a cool little piece. Yeah. And it started off as you recording it from your bedroom then, like you said? Yeah, so it, it um there was a a previous version of the show that happened in twenty fifteen, I wanna say, that did a little run at the vault with an awesome actor called Jamie Moscato, who played Jake, who's like this huge musical theatre star now. Um and since then the writer Tim Gilvin wrote some new songs and like shifted some things around and and that's when they thought, Okay, let's let's um let's have a have a look at this. So it actually snowballed into a bigger project because um, they got a producer on board, James Pearson and Rosie Pearson from Pearson Casting, who actually who cast me in it. They made Pearson Productions and teamed up with a producer called Stephen McGill. And yes, before I knew it, there was a recording studio, an MD called Nick Pinchbeck had a recording studio he said they could use and a director came on board and an MD. It was just, it suddenly became this thing which was paid as well. It was just out of out of the blue. So before I knew it, we were in Grace Taylor, um, her house, Grace Taylor's house, the director, who's, I mean, she's done some amazing stuff like Six the Musical and stuff. So we, um, yeah, we ended up recording, uh, sorry, we ended up rehearsing in her house for a bit. And then, yeah, and this was weird because it was my first journey outside of, um, outside of the flat, like getting oh, right. the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was, um, this was in what, like May or June kind of time. And yeah, so by the time we got to September, we'd recorded a full one man album and the band had recorded all their parts. And yeah, it was nuts. What was it like to kind of do something which was very music focused? I, I loved it. I really, really loved it because music is actually how I got into musical theatre. Um, 
I played in a band, I played piano and like sung and and that's how I kind of got through to this side. So to have that much time with just music was really good because it's basically sung through completely. And the MD as well, MD'd one of my third year shows. So that was really nice. So she knew my voice and um, and they were just so open to like changing stuff and adding riffs and taking stuff out. So it was, yeah, it was a really collaborative um, process, which was really fun. Because it then went on to have a live streamed run yes. from the yeah, Southern yeah. Playhouse. Yeah, and that was again like to think that it started off <laughs> supposed to be this free project, me singing in the, my flat and I'm suddenly doing a one-man show at Southern Playhouse is, is crazy. And that that production as well is, um, has been recorded and is being restreamed until the 16th of May, which is the day before theatres are supposed to open, which is nice. So they've kind of like extended that, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fab. We'll, we'll have to find a link and basically put a link on our link tree as well so yeah, people can sure. check that out. Um, so what was it like doing something which you always knew would be live streamed and filmed did it change your approach and your delivery not having that live audience there it was hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> like in in a normal show you've got an instant reaction you've got people looking at you you've got applause um but in this case it was just me and and three cameras which is just so weird like and knowing that mates were going to be watching that night because it was live made it even weirder right. because um, yeah, it was just odd. And it's mostly the transitions between songs. That's that's the thing I found the hardest because usually you've got the applause or you leave stage and you can like switch off for a second. But mm. when you're by yourself, it's literally song into another song into another song. Yeah. Had you had much experience working, you know, performing to a camera? Is that something that you've done in your training or through the process behind production? We did. We had TV tech lessons in, in third year um, and we we did a bit of that. But other than that, not not really. It was it was a new world, and and Grace kept saying to me like, oh, like turn it down a little bit, like you're doing too much. It's just you on that screen. So it was, yeah, it was it was. I had to adjust. Yeah, it must really help performing it within quite an intimate space, anyway. Because so that playhouse, you know, it's not it's not a huge kind of West End theatre. It's a really stunning but intimate space itself, isn't it? Yeah. Was there any additional kind of pressure? The fact that it was a one man show. You mentioned a little bit earlier on in our conversation. You know. What was that like? Yeah, like I said before, like you just can't, you can't relax, you can't switch off. Like I was the only thing that they were looking at, um, and the album as well um, will hopefully be, be released soon. And that again, it's just gonna be my voice and an orchestra. So it is, it's a lot of pressure, and you want it to be perfect. And it wasn't a production that was like recorded and we kept going and going. It was literally live, and that's the one that's gone out. So yeah, there's I felt a lot of pressure, and as well the um, this happened just after Rent. And Rent was such a such an amazing show with like a, a massive following. So then I had the pressure of oh, if people watch Rent and they were like, oh, let's watch them in this that they'd they'd already seen me in something else, which is again is yeah pressure. <laughs> I suppose a lot must rest on your shoulders, not just in terms of what you're creating, but also in terms of like promoting it and publicizing it. Yeah, because I've seen that. I feel like you've done so many interviews from just what I've quickly googled. <laughs> How did you find adapting to that? additional kind of workload as well yeah like I'm not like a a social media like I I don't post a lot on social media like if I do it's Mm. if it's Twitter it'll be mostly retweets I don't really post much on Instagram so it wasn't really like me and so then when I was being asked to do that kind of stuff I was fine with it but I just had to I asked um Maya actually who you probably know as well from from home who was in rent and 
six and stuff and she helped me out because obviously her the the following from six just made their social medias go crazy and yeah she was helping me out with like kind of what to do what to say and stuff yeah it was um it was it was cool to adjust to and and nice to have that extra attention I guess but um not really me at all (laughs) well I really hope that this doesn't feel like some strict work thing no 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 a little bit more relaxed no absolutely I I did a podcast a couple of podcasts um over the years I think just with like random stuff and this is my most like relaxed and this is this is how I love to do it um whereas when it's like typing up answers I'm a bit like ah have I typed that right does it sound okay (laughs) I think there's something about the written word which feels really permanent and when people can read it it's like oh I don't know um yeah but I think let's go for our piece of artist advice for the week um which I think links into things which you've spoke about in Stay Wait Jake and and will segue nicely into Rent. It comes from Kerry Ellis, who is an actor and singer who's she's best known for her performances in Wicked and We Will Rock You, as well as frequently collaborating with Brian May. So when we asked her to share some advice, this is what she said. Right now, more than ever, it's time to be resilient. The entertainment business is tough and you need to find ways to sustain a career. Being creative and finding ways to use your talents will serve you now more than ever. Be brave, be bold, and always remember to have fun. I mean, being brave and bold definitely seems like something that you've done by taking a one-man show (laughs) kind of on your shoulders. Mm. And we'll talk a little bit about this idea of resilience within the production of Rent that you were in. Yeah, I mean, resilience, especially in that production, that would literally be like the the buzzword that comes to my head when you when I think of rent it was the first new production of a show with a with a completely new cast under coronavirus like Luke on the first day said like all eyes are on us like we had to serve as an example but then also people wanted theatre back so it was we had to be so um had to be so resilient and we had to just fight off not fight off the haters if you know what I mean but we had to just kind of trust that what we were doing was going to happen and that it was right and yeah I'm rambling a bit but that yeah that production just really lots of feels. (laughs) So this is Rent which was at the Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester which is one of the most incredible spaces and kind of producing houses of musical theatre I think that there is at the moment. Um, So this was back in autumn I think. Yes. You're in a cast of how many people? 12, 12 people. So 12 people. It's obviously coronavirus is really taking place. It's within the heat of it. What was the rehearsal process like that? Was it, you know, what COVID secure, to use that phrase, elements were in place when you were rehearsing? Um, so day one, even before we'd entered the rehearsal room, uh, we were tested. Standard, like, temperature checks every day, masks on, unless we were singing, kind of, like, not facing anyone. Um all of us were sat actually around the space um, two metres apart, which actually then became the setup of the show, which is really nice. Um, that's how we were situated in the space. Grids are on, along the floor that were one metre square, so we couldn't be um, singing that close to each other. But then two metres were fine to kind of to be around. Like it was really, really, really good. It was it was must have been really tough for the stage managers because they were the ones that had to keep policing it. Like if we got too close or if someone was holding a camera prop and like, someone else needed it next they'd stop and then like they'd hand sanitize and and they'd clean it and stuff and Luke would (laughs) Luke it became this funny thing where Luke could shout illegal if anything happened that he would be like oh no 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 no." (laughs) so yeah it was it was weird it was weird to adjust to never had a rehearsal process like that and I think especially for the people who that was their first job like it must have been weird for them to to step into that and be like oh no is this what all rehearsals are like 
how are you able to connect with each other then? Because a huge part of it is building that trust and that relationship with your actors. How are you able to do that? I think that's the most tactile group of people a cast I've ever met more so because we'd all been like starved of touch for so long but we just weren't able to I I knew Tom who played Roger from the year below me Um, I knew Maya through Ben and then I knew Blake as well so I knew some people which was nice that we already had a pre-existing relationship but it was just so difficult when you couldn't be affectionate and and, or anything like that and there was the rule of six so at that point we could go and have food and Mm. stuff but it was tough it was only until we got to Manchester where we were in the bubble so then we could be all together that was when we kind of I think built relationships a lot more am I right in thinking that you all live together yes at one point yeah what was that like honestly like I thought this is gonna be like big brother with actors it's gonna be awful and it was it was so good you're looking around the house with the cameras just making sure that this wasn't <laughs> Imagine. some social experiment they should have done that they honestly I think Alex he said he was like they should have um put some cameras in and and made a show out of it <laughs> that was really nice though, and it was really good for will and joe the producers who were so good to us the whole time to give us that house basically like we didn't have to we didn't have to pay for it they put all 12 of us in there together and yeah it was only like a five minute drive from the theater so with the three cars in the cast everyone was in there so yeah that was wow. that was really special because the boy in the dress i did live with a few people because they do the same in stratford they put you up but to have the whole cast there was just, it was special. Yeah. How good is that, though? It, it feels like they went the extra mile whenever they could to really make you feel comfortable. Yeah, for sure. They were they were so, so good to us. And, like, we were cast in this production in, I found out, February 2020. And it was supposed to happen in June. Oh, and it okay. just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And they were really, they kept communication with us and told us where everything was at. They were like, we're going to do this. And, yeah, and, yeah, Will and Joe were just awesome. It's a really apt show, I think, to have been put on when it was put on because, I mean, it's taking place in a pandemic, you know, the AIDS crisis. There's lots of -of out-of-work performers, questions about whether, you know, creative spaces and things like that. So it must have really hit home in some ways. Yeah. I couldn't think of a better piece to come back to theatre with after like eight months of theatres being shut than Rent. (laughs) Yeah. So you performed it in front of a live audience, right? We did, yeah. Five times. And then... (sighs) And then Boris Johnson and his boys said national lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Five previews and then it was gone. How gutting was that? Oh, it was it was awful. I like to always watch back then I used to always watch the daily briefings. Mm. And Luke kind of gathered us before after warm up and he was like, Boris is gonna say something tonight. Um we'll all just address it together later, don't watch or anything. And I just, I couldn't do that. So whilst I was getting ready, I think the broadcast was at seven o'clock. We were getting ready and I had one AirPod in and I was watching it whilst I was getting ready. And and from that, I knew that we were going to be shutting in a few days. Yeah, that I shouldn't have watched it then. <laughs> that was difficult. It was a really, really hard show. And I mean, a teary show anyway for everyone of the nature of it, but it was just, yeah, difficult. We all went home that night and just all sat on the kitchen floor together and wept. <laughs> so was it very much pack your bags, back off home? Yeah, yeah, it was, um, I think we found out on the Saturday night. <sighs> Brutal. And Wednesday night was our last show, so yeah, uh, yeah. They put in an extra show, though, for family and friends. We got two tickets each, so that was really nice that people were able to see it. Um, but yeah, that was it. We filmed it on the Monday, little bits on the Sunday as well, and, and that was the production that went out. So I think... That's a testament to that filmed version that we only did it after like three or four shows. They were planning to film it a lot later down the run. So that was um, that's another bit of amazing resilience that we were able to do that in such a short amount of time. And what an incredibly successful online run it's had as well, to be fair to you guys. Um, 
Is there any talks of it ever happening again in person? I think that was that's always the hope that it'll go back to the hope mill <laughs> at some point. So yeah, fingers crossed. But again, like who knows by then, like if it'll all be us again, if anything. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's all unknowns. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, fingers crossed it all will be back because that is such a beautiful production. I want to talk about how you've ended up doing this as a career before we end our conversation. Yeah, for sure. Has performing always been something that you've been interested in, you know, when you were younger? Um, it's a bit of a weird one. It's like I said about the music and the band and stuff. Um, yeah. I'll go back to like the very, very start. <laughs> um, I'm the youngest of four and we were all born in Saudi Arabia and then moved here when I was like a year old. And my parents are both Sudanese, so I'm, um, I've got Sudanese and British passport. Mm. Yeah, like really back to the start. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and they, they all, over the years, like my, my oldest sister works in a lab, my brother works for Apple, my sister works in like property and stuff. And then last down the line is Jazz Hand. So I think it's it's not conventional, I guess, for, for kind of my family and culture and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah. my parents were really on board. It took a little while to convince my dad. But yeah, so it started around year three, four, five. I was like singing. And then by the time I got to secondary school, I was in a band. And I'd never like acted or didn't really know much about musicals. And the music teacher said, um, we're doing Little Shop of Horrors and this other show called Return to the Forbidden Planet. Why don't you audition for the plant? Like you won't have to be on stage. You can sit in the band pit with your scripts, blah, blah, blah. blah. So from then on, I just fell in love with musical theatre and... Uh, I still did my A-levels like maths, biology, music and chemistry, but I kind of knew by then that, that was what I wanted to do. So took a gap year, did some shows outside of school, taught some stuff. And it was just, yeah, by then mum was on board and I just convinced dad and auditioned really, yeah. So, you know, did you know anyone growing up that had been down that drama school route then that you could ask for advice and things? Or was it very much finding your feet within the path? Yeah, I'm Shrewsbury... Uh, that's where I'm from in the West Midlands. Shrewsbury's actually got quite a few people who have gone on to acting, which is quite um, unusual for a really small town. So I had a few people to ask. Um, also, like my, co- I say my cousin, one of my really, really close family friends that we grew up with um, called Amir Wilson. He's absolutely shot up now. He's in, um, he was in the Secret Garden movie. He's been the lead in like a Netflix thing. He... Yeah, he's in his Dark Materials, if you've seen wow. that. He plays Will Parry. Yeah, so yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, absolutely amazing. So I had someone there that I, like, to show to my parents, like, look, it can happen oh, to wow, another, okay. like, Sudanese person. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I kind of had a few people to, to look up to and that kind of stuff. And, and he started musicals as well. And also, funnily enough, like, screen is something I'd like to move towards mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, it's, it's nice having that inspiration and people to talk to, for sure. So what kind of things were you doing in your year out to really help you solidify that this is what you wanted to do? Um, so obviously I'd never, never ever danced before. So one of my friends in the theatre company, she took me through like a really like simple dance lesson of like, this is first position, this is how you stand like this, this is that and that. I had yeah. a singing lesson or two with one of the directors from that group. I also worked in there, they had a vintage shop with like old costumes and like wholesale kind of stuff. So I... I managed that for a year. Is this like a local theatre company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back home in Shrewsbury, yeah. Cool. And then also did some of their shows. So we did like Wizard of Oz. I did Hairspray, like Les Mis, like classic amateur theatre shows. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was just kind of building up that, um, not so much stamina, but like getting into the vibe of this is what I want to do and, and making it like at the at the front of my head. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're auditioning for drama schools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And at this point, I'm no doubt that your parents are completely proud and on board. Oh, yeah, they're my biggest fans now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. It's quite nice, I think, to have variety as well, because it seems completely different to what your siblings are doing from the sound of yeah. things. Yeah, for sure. Like, my oldest sister is back in Shrewsbury still, um, but my other brother and sister live in Dubai. 
Um, my brother recently got married and I became an uncle like a month ago. And oh, like, amazing. it's just, it's so different. I, it's not, like you said, it's nice for my parents to have all these different. Um... So did they actually get to see Rent then? No. Uh, oh, uh, it's in the filmed version, but not. The stream. Yeah, yeah the filmed version. Yes. Yeah. So I suppose that's quite nice because maybe that wouldn't have been something that they'd have been able yeah, to access. Exactly. They wouldn't have been able to see that at all. Yeah. As we come to the end of the conversation, I always kind of like to be a little bit reflective and maybe a tad sentimental. Um, but one question that I've got is looking back on what you've achieved so far, if you could, what advice would you give to yourself when you first started pursuing a creative career? I would definitely say that new writing is so important and to really pursue that. Um, that's, that's from someone going from like a massive pre-existing show to Joseph to then doing lots of new new bits and it's just so much more fulfilling mm. I'd also say just like trust your ability trust what you can do like in the past I've walked into auditions thinking I need to like really prove myself and why I'm in the room but it's just a testament to the training and like what I've done like you, do, you don't need to I just need to chill basically I get so obviously as you probably realize now I get so rambly and I get really like um, am I doing this right blah 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 so it's just trusting trusting that you know what you're doing and and just yeah delivering like that rather than kind of forcing anything so is that your hope for the future then lots of new writing and potentially screen yeah yeah absolutely I think that's my that's my goal yeah <laughs> I'd love to do like long running shows in the future like Aaron Burr and Hamilton is an absolute dream like that kind of stuff mm. but yeah right now I think new writing and and hopefully crossing over into TV and film yeah I think from a lot of the performers that I've spoken to that are, you know, in the similar stage of their career, it's really wanting to experience lots of different things yeah. to figure out what makes them tick. And it sounds like you've been able to do that, which is amazing. Yeah, I've been really, really, really fortunate, especially in this pandemic, to have to have worked a lot and then to have had that experience. Yeah, feel really privileged. Amazing. Ahmed, thank you so much. Yeah. I've really enjoyed chat. I've really you. enjoyed chatting. Me too. It's been lovely. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll <laughs> chat all day in person at some point. That'd be lovely. Um, yes, yeah. absolutely. Courtesy of Ben. <laughs> ben can introduce us. Brilliant. A huge thank you to Ahmed for joining me on the podcast. You can check out his one-man show, Stay Awake Jake, which is available to stream online until the 16th of May via the Southwark Playhouse website. Now, don't forget to follow us on social media at Starts and Grafts on Twitter and Instagram. I've been your host, Connor. Ella's been your producer. And we'll be back again next week with another episode. But until then, take care.